Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse number 14. Matthew 25, 14. Uh, And so here's what it says. It says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey, and the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't waste your life. Let's pray. God, we, we are here to honor you and to bring you glory. And we pray that that is what this is about and that is what happens. And so your scripture come through the very word of God, let that come out and move and breathe and do what only you can do, God. Uh, use me, help me, uh, but don't let this be about me. Let this be about you, centered on you in every way. And so, God, we just give this to you. We love you. We need you. We are hungry for more of you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, turn, give someone a high five and have a seat. Evan, will you grab that uh, cup for me? Actually, Donna, I'm going to have you run quickly and put me some nice hot water in this from the, like, blazing hot. Yes. Give a round of applause for my wonderful wife. She's so great. All right. There we go. Enough of that. Uh, I love board games. Anyone else board games? Come on, somebody. I do not play board games clearly as much as I would like to. I don't get around to it, but I love it every time that I do. Anyone, anyone here that refuses to let their kids beat them? I don't care how old they are. It's like, no, 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 I am going to win. And you are going to leave this table a loser. And that is just what is going to happen right now. Okay, so let's do it. And okay, that, that might be me. I'm not sure. Uh, but probably the most famous, most well-known, and some of you have already seen it up here, like, Uh, American game is this game uh, called Monopoly. Anybody, anyone enjoy a good four-hour game of Monopoly? Because that's what it takes, right? Uh, And and so we have uh, the Monopoly board. This is kind of a goofy addition, actually, but that's okay. Um, We have the Monopoly board, and we got all the pieces. These are different pieces than normal. I like to be the horse guy. That's the one, and the car. Those would be my two, okay? Anyone else? You got your favorite little metal figure? You do that? No? You're like, I don't care. Why is he talking about this? Uh, but Monopoly, uh, and you got the money in here. Where's the money? Here, this is even different kinds of money uh, than it usually, because usually they're colored, but that's okay. Uh, how many of you, when you play Monopoly, you are a mess of a money keeper? What I mean by that is you just have a pile of money sticking out every which direction. It's upside down and right. Like, okay, if that's you, be proud of it and raise your hand. Okay, wow, all right. Remind me never to let you, like, organize money around here. Okay, for me, and maybe you are like me. Thank you, Donna. Uh, Maybe you are like me in this, and you want a well-organized 
financial situation in your Monopoly game. All of the white $1 bills face the same way and right there. And then you have the fives that are orange and they face the same and they're all up. And you are well organized in your Monopoly. Let's go. Come on for us anal people. This is so good. I like that. But all right, we got to get going with this. Um, I want to use this as a little illustration for us today because the goal of Monopoly is quite simple. You go around this board and you... Uh, land on certain places, and you purchase different properties. You accumulate more uh, things. You go around, go again, and you collect. $200 was the right answer there. Okay, didn't I threw you off. Uh, it's kind of like getting paid. And then you go buy things, and you sell things, and you have the chance little cards here in the community chest, and you, you win some money, and you lose some money. You win a beauty contest, which for some of us is easier than others. Okay, but you go around and you do all the stuff, accumulate all of the things, and you win the game by basically totally dominating the other opponents, taking all of their stuff until you have everything and they have nothing. That is the goal of Monopoly. But here's just what I want you to understand about this game uh, and, and the reality of the situation here. When you finish the game of Monopoly, the money is not real, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, this guy really is brilliant. Yeah, okay. The money is not, you, you cannot like just uh, pull up on the, at the restaurant and be like, I'd like the sirloin and hand them the Monopoly. It does not work like that. When you finish this game of Monopoly, no matter how well you did, no matter how much you accumulated, no matter how much money you have and property you have and all of that type of stuff, at the end of this game, understand it all goes back in the box. It all goes back in the box. You take none of it with you. None of it helps. None of it does anything for you anymore. It is gone, done, and none of that exists. And it, it, it all goes back in the box. And, and listen to me, um, like in a way, I was thinking about this week and just think, thinking about some of the similarities sometimes to the way that we live our lives as Americans and comparing them to really the game of monopoly here. And if we're honest with ourselves, often our goal in life isn't that far off from this stuff. It, the goal can easily be to, like, to work hard, to get paid, to get more stuff, to buy more things, and I know it sounds bad when I say it like that, but maybe I, maybe I could say it in a gentler way. We work hard to, pro to provide for our families. We work hard to build a life for our kids. We work hard to have nice things, but don't miss this here. Don't, like, eventually this game is going to end. This whole, this thing is going to end, and we end up in, in a sort of box ourselves, don't we? Like, think, think about that. Uh, like you get it, it all goes back in the box. Now, a few moments ago, we read from uh, a book of the Bible called Matthew, the story, the story that Jesus teaches to a, a group of people. Jesus taught through telling stories all the time. It was like his, his jam and he did it well. And he would make up these stories using life situations. He'd talk about farming and he'd talk whatever. And he would, and he talked a lot about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is like this and the kingdom of heaven. And he would say this type of stuff. And, and in this story, Jesus says that the kingdom of God is it's like a man who's going on a journey. 
And this man calls his three servants, follow me here. He calls his three servants and he entrusts them with everything that he owns. Uh, The verse says he entrusted his wealth to them. To one servant, he gives five bags of gold. That's that's a lot of gold. Um, To another, he gives two bags of gold. And the third, he gives one bag of gold. Now, interesting side fact here. This phrase, bag of gold, bags of gold, in the original language is... uh, it's actually a specific amount. And the specific amount is, is called a talent. That's a, a form of currency from the time of Jesus, a talent. Like think about the word, we use the word talent. And what's interesting here, this doesn't really matter in this, but our English understanding of the word talent, like, like the idea of the gifts and abilities a person has, that word that we have, we call that talent because of the Bible and because of what Jesus tells, says right here. So we, in English, we got that from this. And we're going to see in a moment that this story is actually not just about money. There's a whole lot more to this that we can talk about, okay? But a talent at the time of Jesus, a form of currency valued at what an average wage earner could earn working for 15 years, okay? Do the math in your head here quick. 15 years. We're talking in today's standards, <clears throat> hundreds of thousands of dollars, even for the average person, hundreds of thousands of dollars, okay? And uh, that's bonus information, but the master gives five talents to the first one, two talents to the next, one talent to the third, based on their ability is what it says. <clears throat> Jesus says that the, the servant who was given five talents or five bags of gold went at once putting his money to work and he turns his five bags into 10. Say that's doubling it. Turn to your neighbor and say that. I need you to say stuff so I can get a drink. So that's why I did that. (laughs) There, see, we're doing okay. The same happens with the man who was given two. He turns two bags into four. Say he doubled it as well. Thank you, we're learning. But then Jesus says to the one who received just one bag, uh, it went off, he went off and received one bag and dug a hole in the ground with his master's money. And that's where we ended earlier. Turn and and say, I know that he did not do that right. (laughs) Okay, we already know this. But this, the master of these servants finally returns, comes back after his trip, and the three servants come in one at a time, first one with five bags, who turned it into 10. And to this servant, Jesus says, and the master is kind here, the master is gentle, the master is proud. He responds with, well done, my good and faithful servant. And he says this phrase, you have been faithful with a few things. I'll entrust to you even more. Come and enjoy your master's happiness. That is the first one. The servant with two bags comes in identical response. Well done, my good and faithful servant. These are the two that doubled the amount of money that they were given. But let's read this together. The master's response to the third servant. This is verse number 24. And this is about to get real in here. You're about to say, wow, I did not understand. I do not understand why he picked this passage of scripture on Mother's Day. This is supposed to be fun. And I'm supposed to feel encouraged and loved. And now he is just like trying to hit us with a baseball bat instead. And I don't know what to do. Okay, say that to the person next to you. But let's read together the master's response to this third servant, the one who digs a hole and puts it in there. 
It says this, then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. The servant gives him the one bag back. His master replied, you wicked, lazy piece of junk. You knew that I, that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money in on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they will have will be taken from them and throw, I just want you to pause for a moment and read that last line to yourself while I read it in a moment. (laughs) And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Happy Mother's Day. Let's go home. Are you with me? What in the world uh, is going on? Worthless servants, send him out of where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Crazy harsh story at the end, but follow me here. At the same time, we actually have a beautiful story at the beginning of a God who is crazy generous and a God who invites people into happiness with him. You feel the difference here? If you would talk to the first two servants, I'm not sure they would describe this story as the master being harsh. Are you with me? But to the third servant, this master and this situation turns out very bad to him. Everything has to do with what side a person is on. All right, so quickly let's talk about the third servant. Servant number three, he's the loser in the story. He's the one who fails. He's the one that clearly we're not supposed to be like. In fact, you could, see, you could say from the master's perspective, servant number three wasted the opportunity that he was given. So the story points to a few things that lead to... <coughs> that one helped. I like that people are, some of you are laughing and some of you are crying and some of you are praying. <laughs> I even knew this was going to be an issue today and so here was my solution. I shouldn't say this because I'm wasting my words and I have a limited amount of them. But I took a cough drop and I found a hammer in the back of the church and I hit it because I knew that I would not be able to suck on a whole cough drop while I talked and it would be like, you know. So I've got little pieces of cough drop that I'm trying, but I'm seriously over in the back. Why am I saying this, Corey? I don't have time, okay? And I have this, I have this little, baggie of cough drop and it's smashed into a powder and I'm pulling little pieces out and I'm putting these little yellow crystal pieces on the counter and someone walks by and, and, they, and they literally say, what are you doing? I said, don't, I don't want to talk about it. But very quickly, uh, three things about this third servant. We're going to go fast. Number one, the third servant misunderstood the situation. He misunderstood the situation. And I, 
as I was looking at this and thinking about this week, I don't think that the third servant meant to, was out to like spite or smite the, the master here. He's not out to get him. He's not doing this on purpose. He just misunderstands the entire situation. For some reason, he thinks that when the master gives him the bag of gold, that the master wants him to keep it safe. And so he responds in that way. But <clears throat> what's interesting here is the master could have done that himself. And he misunderstands this situation. And listen to me, churches today are filled with people who have good intentions. Filled with people who sincerely want to do this the right way, want to honor God, want to serve the master in whatever. But Many, many people simply misunderstand what that looks like and what that means. And we have that here in our story. We'll come back to that in a moment. And that leads us to the second part of the story. Not only does the third servant misunderstand the situation, but I believe he misunderstood the master. And and we see that uh, in something that the servant says. The master comes back, meets with this third servant, and the third servant, the first thing out of his mouth is this, Master, I know you are a hard man. Now that's an interesting phrase, and you can just jump by it if you're not very care- if you're if you're moving quickly here. I know you are a hard man. Now think about this. Jesus is making up this story, <coughs> and every little detail is on purpose. I believe out of the mouth of Jesus, it's a pretend story. And servant number three here doesn't really have any prior knowledge to the actual master. It's pretend. Okay, so really all that we know in this story so far is that the master has been good, and when people use the blessings he gives, he invites them to happiness. This is the story that we have of the master up until this time right here, but this third servant seems to have a misunderstanding of the master, and for some reason, his view of the master is that the master is a hard man. And the other two, though, wouldn't say this, would they? They, It's different for them, and I'm telling you, many people in our churches, across our world, have a misunderstanding of who God is. We misunderstand the situation and we misunderstand who God is and that impacts our ability to do what God asks us and our ability to live a life that honors him. And we could spend an entire sermon on ways that we misunderstand God, who he is, his character. We don't have time for that today because I keep stopping to get a drink. Third thing is this, the third thing. He misunderstands the situation, misunderstands the master. And the third thing is (coughs) that I believe the third servant allowed fear to keep him from pleasing the master. Allowed fear. Look at the story again. We read this a moment ago. Master, I know you're a hard man harvesting, which you've done, blah, blah, blah. Verse 25, so I was afraid. I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. He's afraid, and he responds poorly to the situation. He doesn't understand the situation. He misunderstands the master. He's afraid, so he does. He, he handles this in a poor way. Now, let's piece this together, and let's talk about for a moment right here, right now. Put that next slide up here for me. This right here is the three things right here that we had just as a whole all on one slide. And I, and I just want you to see this. Many Christians, follow me on this, are misunderstanding the situation here. And what do I mean by that? Many Christians simply do not know and understand the biblical truth known as stewardship. 
stewardship. Allow me, give me just a minute here on this. Uh, The Bible teaches, listen to this, that everything comes from God and everything is for God. That is over and over, all the time we see that, okay? In fact, let me just show you a couple different, a couple places here, Romans chapter 11, check this out. It says, everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. Now, there's a word in there that I wanna point out and define for you, it's the word everything, everything. The word everything, okay, don't miss this, implies that there is not anything that does not fit into that. You with me? Everything is like all of the things. Not some of them, not part of them, not 10%, not, okay, understand, everything. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he means like all of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, say that, hurry up. Okay, everything comes from God and everything is intended for his glory. This guy's funny today, isn't he? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says it this way, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. The word is all. This is not whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do do like, do some of it. On Sundays, you should do that for the glory of God. That's not what, understand, from a biblical perspective, everything and all is from God and for him and for his glory. None of it is about us. None of it is for our glory and our, it's all about him, every piece and every thing. Like, and this is a theme throughout the Bible. Uh, uh, the story here of, is of a master who, who doesn't give his stuff to his servants, by the way. He entrusts his wealth. <clears throat> and I wanna just throw this out there because maybe you haven't figured it out yet. This story is not actually about a master and some servants and some bags of gold. This story is about us. It's about you. It's about me. And we are not the master in this story. We are, the master is God and we are one of the servants. And Jesus tells this story to point us to the, to the, to the idea of be like that and don't be like that. This, and, and, Okay, and as we get closer to being done today, I promise, one of the things that, has bothered, that bothered me about this message as I was putting this together is that I can almost feel like, I can feel this, ah, oh, stink, here we go again, I'm doing this wrong, now I can't have anything nice, and now I gotta give more money, and blah, 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 and it sounds awful, doesn't it? It can feel that way. But the reality of the situation, and don't miss this here, the reality of the situation for the two servants who got this This was a beautiful thing of a God that entrusted them with what he had and like more and more and more and in the end invites them to share in his happiness. Do you feel that? This is, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, living for yourself, though fun for a season, will never satisfy. You will never have enough. You will never get enough. You can find yourself going around this stinking board over and over and over, collecting, accumulating, buying, winning, losing, selling. You can do it all day long, every day, but you will never be satisfied. Fascinating study when you ask people in America, are you rich? 
And the rich line, you ask someone, you ask someone who makes $50,000 a year, and they say someone who makes $100,000 is rich. You ask someone who makes $100,000, and they say it's something like $300,000. You ask someone who makes $500,000 a year, what does it look like to be rich? And they say something like $4 million, or like there was this massive thing. And, and in the end, the answer is you are never, you will never have enough. Always. There will always be more. Today is an invitation from God on a new way of looking at what we have, all right? A different way. Matthew, or Jesus says in the book of Matthew in a different place, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And we read verses like that and we say, that does not make sense. But we are stewards of what God has given us. And like he loves when his people use what he has given for his glory. He rejoices in that. He celebrates that and he invites us into this incredible life of happiness and joy here and now and eternity with him. But it is a bigger deal than we want to admit when we waste our life in accumulation. And this story should serve as a harsh warning to us as Americans in the natural way that we live. We misunderstand the situation and we think this is all about us. Now, music team, please come. But don't check out. I need, I need three and a half minutes to build this all to a, like a big place and then we're gonna go, wa-boom. Are you ready? It's gonna happen, it's about to. I feel good right now. Just as it's done almost, that's great. Okay, this is where things get dicey. Are you with me? Come, with, come back with me for three minutes. Because here's what we're left with. What in the stink does this mean? What does it look like for us to live stewarding what we have for the glory of God? That like, and that friends, by the way, that, that, that is the question. Does that mean we have to give almost all of our money away and we cannot have nice things? I don't think that's what that means, biblically. Does that mean we can't have fun and enjoy life because everything is for the glory of God? I don't think that's what this means. We have been talking in this series a lot about the word tension and how the Bible is filled with black and white things that it tells you do this and don't do this and go here and don't go here. The Bible is also filled with a whole lot of things that need to be, that need to be worked out. We're, you know, even in this story with the servants and the bags of gold, what exactly does it look like for the servant with five bags of golds to double at that and get to 10? How did he do it? And what, is this, what did that look like? We don't know. There's a bit of figuring things out that needs to happen here, but, there's, but there's, there's this big question for me that I like to ask myself from time to time and I need to ask it more. This is what we need to ask and this is what, what we need to wrestle with, okay? We sincerely make this our prayer. God, what would you have me do with what I've been given? We begin to ask that and we begin to sincerely pray that. We begin to say, God, what does it look like for me to live my life for the glory of God. We ask it often and we sincerely listen and we feel the weight and we feel the tension of this and we say, God, I, I, I don't wanna be like this third servant. I know that's not right. I also don't want to be, like we have examples all throughout the scripture of 
of people who their entire life was about building their own kingdom. I know that's not right either. But God, how and where and what does this look like for me to do this? What would, what would you have me do with what I have been given? We don't take any of it with us. It doesn't mean that we don't live our lives and enjoy ourselves. It doesn't mean that we don't build stuff for our kids and for our future. The Bible talks about retirement in different ways and it talks about inheritance. Now you never retire from serving God, okay? It talks about this kind of stuff, but understand and don't miss this, that the very root and core of why you have what you have is not for your own benefit. It is to bring glory to God and to figure out what that look like, what that looks like is core and foundational to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And that's the journey that for some of us, we need to begin. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that feels like. Happy Mother's Day. Um, for just a moment of kind of privacy and reflection, can we just close our eyes? And maybe you're here today and I just want to give people maybe an opportunity to respond to Jesus even for the first time. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I've never submitted my life to Jesus. I've never responded to what he has done for me. And you, in, in a way, you could even feel right now that you are not right with God and you know that inside and there's something pulling at you just here to tell you that there's a God that loves you and you can be in relationship with him. There's forgiveness and grace and mercy and it's this beautiful thing that is found in the love of God when we will turn from our junk and we will move towards him and he promises to move in our direction. If you're here today and you would say, I've never responded to the message of Jesus and I want to do that today, will you just show me your hand? I just want to pray for you on this beautiful day. If you're watching behind a screen, you can respond to this as well. This is, it's like this heart thing between you and God. Anyone in this place, I can't see very well because of the lights, but church, let's, let's just say a prayer together as we get ready to close. Everybody pray, 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 Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life, God. In your name I pray.